Welcome to the Mother of All Movement podcast with me, Catherine Meadows. I'm a Pilates teacher specializing in postnatal recovery and a mum to two kids myself. The aim of this podcast is to inspire and educate through chats with women who are either working through their own movement journey or work to help women get stronger and recover both physically and mentally after having kids. I want to talk about what they do, how they integrate it into their family lives and essentially why. Because I believe when we share our stories and our values, we lift each other up, enabling every mother to fulfill her body's potential, gain confidence in her power and give our families the best version of us to share their lives with. So join me each week to hear these wonderful women talk about their journey. One last thing from me before we dive into this week's chat. I wanted to mention that as a postnatal corrective exercise specialist, I work with women in person in my studio and remotely online, helping them to build the right foundations to be able to move safely and to effectively move on to whatever movement or exercise practice they want. My mission is to get women like you moving, keep you moving and enjoying every step. If you'd like to find out more, get in touch on Instagram or on my website, which is lovemovementsussex.com. I look forward to supporting you in taking the first step to everyday strength. Beyond that, it's about kind of trying with that knowledge to get the woman back to where she wants to be and having a holistic approach to that rather than just thinking about the health of her vagina Mm. and uh like as as a personal trainer like from your point of view what does that really mean to you in a sort of day-to-day basis or how you approach the way you work with women that come to you yeah so you know, I think that my sessions that I do with these clients needs to be setting them up for the the sort of challenges that they are going to be facing day in, day out as a mum. You know, there's a quote that Brianna Battles has, which is that we're not protected in motherhood. You know, motherhood does not care if you're injured or weak. <laughs> you have to, you have to just step up, don't you, mm, and keep mm. going because kind of everyone's depending <laughs> on you. <laughs> um, and you know, that very much is something I take into my approach to my work that we need to be setting these women up while being careful not to set them back so you know there is a balance there yeah you don't you don't want to be setting them back but you do want to be setting them up so Anthony Lowe describes it as kind of finding the fence and leaning on it and that can feel you know I think for a lot of us if we're used to being really conservative and cautious that can feel a little bit oh you know but that's actually how someone is going to progress you can't always keep everything super duper safe you need to kind of progress now the way that I do that is by working with women's health physios so that somebody has examined that woman from a kind of clinical perspective and then I have someone to collaborate with over how we get that person leaning on the fence Um, you know because I think it's important for fitness professionals to recognize that we have a limited scope. I'm not there to diagnose. Mm. Um, That's someone else's job. But in the context of what, um, in the context of what I do, I have managed to find a number of women's health physios who are on the same page in terms of, you know, it's more than just um, saving a vagina and Mm. in terms of you're not protected in motherhood. So kind of on board in terms of progressing these women along, because uh, I think a lot of the time 
the women want to anyway they want to move along you know if you tell someone who's got an athlete brain that they can only do heel slides and toe taps for six weeks or whatever it is they're going to get frustrated and disengaged and we all know adherence is the foundation of any program if you if you want a program to be successful the person needs to be adhering to it otherwise you failed at the first hurdle yeah so you know I I feel like I've got a sort of a network of professionals who are on the same page as me and that's really helpful um so you know my training is not really done on the floor because mum life is not done on the floor really sadly unless you get a lucky window of playing um doctors and you're the patient (laughs) other than that (laughs) although normally you're told feeling better yeah stay here for a little bit longer can you check my temperature again Uh, normally you're told (laughs) that you're not looking dead enough or not looking sick enough and you're like but I'm just doing my exercises they're like no you need to be really sick oh gosh right okay or if you're trying to have a little nap no you can't sleep (laughs) poke you in the eye and make sure exactly so there is no you know it's generally not um and so all of those sorts of um you know as mums we are squatting lunging pushing pulling Mm. you know doing all those functional movement patterns every day Mm. so I like to kind of get women comfortable doing those Mm. and comfortable connecting with their breath their pelvic floors while they're doing those in a gym environment so that when they're doing them you know on the school run or on their way to monkey music or whatever it may be it's you know it's familiar to their body and probably they've been doing it with me with a much heavier load and it feels easier you know Mm. um yeah exactly I mean I think it comes to the um you know if a woman has had a c-section she can't drive for six weeks uh that's fine but how does she get her pram out of uh down uh two steps out of her house to go for yeah. a walk you know with yeah. a baby in one hand or baby not in one hand and how does she do the juggle yeah. between the two okay not driving or not lifting anything heavy might be serve a purpose at the time for yeah. protecting the c- particular c-section injury but life doesn't life doesn't give you those those protected wrap you up in cotton wool and give you those protected situations for six weeks so if you have yeah. a heavy baby and you happen to have a heavy pram, they're not all made light <laughs> everything. Yeah. And you've got bags that you've walked to the shop because you can't drive and you've gone to get some a pack of nappies and some tins and some milk and things like that and it's all sitting yeah. at the bottom of the pram. You've still got to shove that pram along yeah. the road and up a step and I backwards know. in through a door and all the rest of it. And if you then go to uh, your Pilates class or your training at the gym or something like that and they get you to do the one pound one kilo weights because you're yeah. newly postnatal so yeah. you, you have to question what are they actually training you for because it's yeah. not for your life yeah because your life is much harder than that yeah babies are already i mean my baby was 10 pounds that like i've got to be able to lift a 10 pound yeah. baby when i exactly. like the day one as soon as exactly came out. for long periods of time you yeah know, for long periods of time and in different positions weird and positions as well yeah weird positions exactly and um yeah precisely that precisely that so i think uh, yeah it's it's what Brianna says it's setting women up yeah yeah exactly and so um I mean that's for you as a personal trainer what do what would it look like to a woman who was going to the gym or on on her own or making choices about the type of environment that she put herself in to get the best support what what would be your recommendation for that because obviously not everybody can afford personal training no on a weekly basis but some women women can might already have a gym membership or they would be able to make choices about different classes and things like that so so how do they approach uh, their own like being the advocate of their own sort of body health how do they approach that so number one I would say um go through a kind of um 
a screening in your own head like know the red flags before you even get started so you know leaking urine or feces urge to kind of go um for a wee that you can't kind of put off heaviness in your vagina the feeling that something's coming out of your um vagina pain during or after sex pelvic pain generally um you know chronic constipation or issues when you try to poo any of those if you're already experiencing them I would say before you kind of set about going back to the gym and trying to sort of do your own thing go and see a women's health physio um either see your GP and explain your symptoms and see if there's an option for NHS referral and if not and everybody's financial circumstances are different see if you can justify the cost of a private session with a physio which I think ranges anywhere from maybe 60 pounds to um, 90 pounds maybe I think generally certainly here in London for that kind of full MOT because that might be some of the best money you ever spend yeah um and often to to, in in order to encourage but often it is only one session often it's a a full uh, functional internal all the rest of it and then they say okay it's this this is what's happening you need to or I would suggest and it might be a follow-up which will be cheaper and shorter yeah. And it might not. It might be just the first one, just as you have the knowledge, you have the yeah, understanding. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It might be that they can give you a tweak in how you're doing your pelvic floor engagement. Mm-hmm. And then once you know the correct way to do it, you've then got the autonomy to go off and just do that on your own, you mm-hmm. know, because now you're you kind of got it straight in your head. And if you say to a physio, you know, this again comes back to us being our own advocates, the mm-hmm. same way as we need to be probing our trainers on their kind of qualifications, insurance, knowledge and, and dedication to sort of working with a client like you. We also need to be more autonomous with our healthcare professionals. So, you know, for me, that is saying, these are the things I like doing. These are my concerns. I don't have the budget to be coming and seeing you every kind of week. I want to go off and do my own thing, you know, and setting those parameters. I think we're just generally too frightened to do that. Yeah, absolutely. But we can do that. You know, when we go to the hairdresser, we don't just sit there and kind of let the hairdresser do our own, do their own thing. Well, let's, let's kind of, if we're paying for private physio, let's have a dialogue. Let's make it a kind of a sort of joint approach rather than just sort of leaving there and kind of thinking, oh, I didn't really get what I wanted out of that. Yeah, I've still got loads of questions. Mm. So that's the number one thing that I would say, kind of do a mental screen. And in any event, even if you're not getting symptoms, consider going to see a women's health physio for a full kind of functional assessment and and physical um, and pelvic floor internal examination. Number two, I would say, don't be frightened of um, strength training, okay? Because I think a lot of women are. I think a lot of women, like I used to be, um, focus a lot on cardio, you know, on spin classes or on running Mm. or on those kind of, oh, it makes me get my heart rate up and I feel sweaty. Now, that is crucial because um, the World Health Organization recommendations are that we should be doing 150 minutes of moderate intensity exercise every week so you know those pulse raises are important you do want to be getting to that point in some of your activities where you're kind of working in that threshold but the who recommendations are also for two sessions of muscle strengthening whole body muscle strengthening activities each week so if you're not if you're only picking the cardio stuff and you're not doing the muscle strengthening stuff you are doing your body a disservice and the muscle strengthening stuff is going to serve you so well as as a woman generally in terms of bone health um but beyond that just in terms of what you're actually having to do day in day out as a mum yeah you know and if if you don't have the if you don't have the money to kind of have a pt 
on an ongoing basis getting someone who can do a session with you to take you through a few of the functional movement patterns um you know a squat a lunge or a step a push or a pull a push and a pull and then you having the confidence to go into the gym and doing your own thing that would be invaluable as well Mm. yeah absolutely Um, and there's so much online as well I know online means that there is a huge scope for uh, whether or not it's accurate but there are I think you could get a feel uh, following certain people people who champion trainers who have online programs and things like that I think you can get a feel for who's valid and excellent and they have online programs like you've mentioned Brianna Battles uh Julie Weber oh no she does uh, but um you know so I've also trained with Dr Sarah Duval she has an online program for clients as well and there's so much out there which I think does make it a little bit challenging because it feels like there is so much out there but I have some various of my clients who've sort of downloaded Kayla Itzenis's, um, uh program. Oh, yeah, Kayla uh, Yeah, I know yeah. She's, she's pregnant now, so maybe things will change. But, you know, her program is really tough and it's not designed for women who are postnatal. So spending some time around uh, social media and things like that, spending some time looking at people who you know know what they're talking about and who do they champion, whose yeah. online programs are they saying oh this this person is excellent oh I really what a great way to discuss diastasis or what a what a great way to explain pelvic floor dysfunction see that they've got an online program I've trained with Dr Sarah Duval you also mentioned Brenna Battles um, who's got her programs too you know there is a lot online so you can spend much less than personal training take yourself to the gym and follow their programs on a day-by-day basis and yeah that can make a huge difference yeah I I, completely completely, agree I'm so I'm so on the more strength I mean obviously as a Pilates teacher I would be rather than necessarily the cardio but what I've seen in my clients when they've committed themselves to strengthening is I mean it's completely transformed the way they experience their bodies yeah absolutely and I think um just tying in what, with what you said there about online programs was going to be my number three. Right, okay, go. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, Sorry. <laughs> so my number three, and again, it's a sort of Brianna Battles principle, which I was using, but she just frames it in a really nice way. Remember progressive overload, okay? So in simple terms, that is you need to walk before you can run, okay? Mm-hmm. So she follows this model of, progressive overload um learn control load explode so if you are downloading a program and it's got squat jumps actually before you're doing squat jumps you need to be able to be doing body weight squats and you should be able to then progress on to loaded squats so squats with a weight or with weights and you should be able to be doing the loaded movement with sufficient control you know so Mm. if you've got pelvic floor dysfunction you're able to kind of stay connected with your pelvic floor you're not symptomatic before you progress on to the explode okay because a squat jump is an explosive move and you get a lot of that sort of thing in the kind of online programs you know you get those moves that are explosive and offer you a quick workout and kind of you know quick gains with lots of zeds (laughs) but actually you need to walk before you can run. And so for each movement, you need to think about how you're going to build up to that explosive because the explosive workout looks nice and very Instagram worthy. But actually, if you've had a baby, you need to go back. You do need to go back to basics. You need to go back to basics. And that doesn't need to be for a long time, but you need to be confident that your body can do the basics before you're doing the more challenging stuff. Mm, yeah exactly and I think um uh where you you said you know if you're telling an athlete that they need to do heel slides and toe taps for the next six weeks they're going to get really frustrated absolutely but if they understand the process that they're going to be going down let's do this 
Let's see how you go. Okay, now we can load on a little bit more. It might even be within the same session, but that's only if somebody yeah. is looking at you with, let's see how you control this super basic, unloaded, absolutely non-functional exercise. And if you're yeah. struggling to control your abdominal pressure doing that, or if you're feeling heaviness in your pelvic floor doing that, putting you up and sitting or putting you up and standing, loading a baby on one side and going to pick a toy off the floor is going to be really challenging for you because we need to help to reprogram your breast patterning and all of that first. But it's not going to take six weeks. It's just going to take a little bit of trickery for us to get your brain to talk to the right bits of your body in the right timing. Yeah. And then you can progress up. Yeah. exactly Brianna says yeah 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 precisely hi movement fans sorry to interrupt your listening today I hope you're enjoying the episode if you are I'd love it if you would leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast platform you are listening on right now If you're on your mobile and on the Apple Podcasts app, click on the icon with this podcast image. Scroll right to the bottom where you see the ratings and reviews section. Tap the number of stars you want to give. My suggestion would be five. And then click the write a review link at the bottom. It literally takes one minute and makes a huge difference in how iTunes shows this podcast to others who are searching amongst all the thousands of other brilliant shows there are out there. Thank you so much for choosing this podcast and taking the time to review. It really does mean the world to me. Okay, let's get on with the chat. Okay, and uh, um, I I wanted to bring in before uh, when we were planning to talk about your sort of um, you've you've made quite a few very comical and and brilliantly put posts about you know Daily Mail headlines about post baby snapback and celebrities you know plugging various uh diet things and stuff like that so yeah. why uh, why why is it important to you to to sort of show the real side or to call them out on this yeah i just feel that um we all focus on the aesthetic really don't we a lot and and definitely the dialogue is changing and people are becoming more aware of um core and pelvic floor health but you know when you have a a sort of daily mail article which showcases someone in a bikini and it kind of talks about how they've snapped back in record time that is entirely focused on aesthetics so um, it's not looking at sort of how their body is functioning and it's not looking even on how they're feeling in themselves or how they're coping Mm. from an emotional point of view I think it generally just is unhelpful to women it's not giving any meaningful information about sort of exactly what we've just spoken about that is what's going on on the inside and getting a strong foundation internally which you can't see from the outside is so super duper important you know um because look at me I had done what the Daily Mail would describe as snapback you know I looked really fit but my pelvic floor was clearly not able to meet the demands of that skipping rope station mm-hmm. and that that's kind of the side of things that I would feel more enthusiastic about us kind of talking about more as a society yeah, yeah. Um, than just focusing on weight loss that said I do understand that for many of us, once you've sort of had a baby, that throws your whole identity into kind of into question. It's a really complicated time. Mm. And I understand that for many of us, 
um, and probably myself included to some extent, actually, now that I'm going through pregnancy again, that desire to look like you used to, it, you know, it's it's real and it's complicated and it's it's not something I'm trying to dismiss or say is wrong. Yeah. It's just to know that that is not looking like yourself is not going to necessarily result in you feeling like yourself. And it doesn't necessarily mean that your body is recovered from what it's gone through. So I think it's just about recognizing the limitations. So that's on the kind of the snapback mentality in terms of just photographing a hot celebrity and then sort of lauding how well they've done to snap back mm. you know we don't know what's going on behind the scenes it's just a snapshot and some women do lose their weight really really quickly and you know equally I don't want those women to feel like they don't have a place yeah at the table because you know it's it's great that as a society we're sort of celebrating what postnatal bodies can look like but there are some postnatal bodies that do snap back and I don't think anybody should kind of be ostracized yes. we're just all very different aren't we yeah we're yes. all very different some people have stretch marks or I've yeah. heard um Holly um yes mom call them love lines that's lovely <laughs> some of us don't you know I have seemed to avoid stretch marks but then get loads and loads of loose skin afterwards you know everybody is yeah. very different and some people don't have either stretch marks or loose skin and that's okay as well because we're mm. all different mm. um you know but it's about not just highlighting one particular version as the version and I whatever suppose that might be in all in all it comes down to not commenting on women's appearance yeah like, I think that's it's it. fundamentally it's that what does it make any difference whether or not she's got a flat stomach it. a saggy stomach boobs that stick up, boobs that stick down, the uneven ones, you know, that she's still four stone heavier after having her baby on it. Like, it, yeah. it really, in the end, it comes down to not commenting, oh, you look so slim, or, oh, uh, yeah. you know, you're looking a bit tired, or, you know. Why, I think that's it. We need it. to talk more about how people are feeling than about how they're looking, really. And I agree. All of that aesthetic, whether you're whether you're snapback or whether you're still struggling, is yeah, you know, it sh shouldn't make any difference at all. No, I agree. And I think the one thing that I would add there is that the World Health Organization guidelines that I have um, already mentioned in terms mm. of 150 minutes moderate act intensity activity a week and two muscle strengthening sessions that is always going to be my focus with clients how are you satisfying that because actually that is what has been decided is sort of a suitable level of activity for us all to be hitting as a minimum yeah and and that needs to be the focus you know how are we going to get you to a position where you can achieve that how are we going to overcome any dysfunction that you may have so that you can achieve that how are we going to get you kind of feeling in a position where you're rested enough and feel confident enough to kind of of have some time forge some time for yourself to achieve that because we're talking about health we're not just talking about what people look like yeah and I suppose that brings me on to my next question which is what role do personal trainers have in that aesthetic or image narrative with women because PTs well, I don't know um, a lot of them sell their jobs on making women slimmer and getting their bodies back or better or whatever it is but but I guess you've kind of just answered that it's about health rather than about aesthetic isn't it it's about I think it's all about it is all about health and I think um the, the body image thing is really complicated. And again, outside my scope as a personal trainer, but I would strongly suspect that if somebody is dissatisfied in their body, you know, deeply dissatisfied in their body, a fix is not going to be losing a bit of weight or, you know, it's deeper than that. Mm isn't it yeah and so I focus on everything they're going to gain from our training you're going to feel stronger you're going to be able to kind of lift your kids up onto your shoulders and carry them when they're tired you know I had one mum who was absolutely delighted because after um 
many years of sort of pain and discomfort, she was able to lift her son on the beach. His feet were hot on the sand and carry him. She was able to carry him all the way back to the hotel. And she just said, that isn't something I have never been able oh, to do with yeah. him. You know, that is what I'm focusing on. Yeah. Um, not, are you going to kind of have a thigh gap? Like, <sighs> who gives a bleep about a thigh gap seriously I don't if you want to achieve that go ahead but that is not going to be the focus of what we're doing in our sessions because I'm not sure it serves any kind of purpose in terms of what we're working to achieve do you know yeah yeah, Um, yeah. but I, I I do agree though that that kind of messaging is sexy and appealing Uh, particularly when we've just spoken about that whole kind of identity crisis and who am I now and how can I get back to feeling like I felt before well to get back to feeling like I felt before I need to look like I felt before Mm. you know I can see how that sort of thing is appealing Um, and that's when you then get the celebrities with their weight loss teas or their um, you know their um though those waist mm-hmm. trainers that they are you know yes. there's so much of that that goes around yeah. and that kind of stuff is just so sort of aggressively and irresponsibly marketed yeah. that it makes me very very cross yeah yeah uh, yes exactly and uh it, it's what's it called clickbait isn't it oh, by yeah. using yeah. those yeah. using those triggering uh, that triggering language or those triggering terms like are you beach body ready are yeah. you get ready for summer or something like that and that instantly yeah. sends people and women into a spiral oh god swimming costume bikini yeah. oh we're yeah. gonna be yeah. we're going on that holiday to France with our friends and oh still got a slabby stomach or my thighs are still wobbly. oh oh well I'll just yeah. buy that online yeah, program yeah. I'll waste 60 quid buying that program that's completely inappropriate for me but because she said I'm going to get a beach body so if I just flagellate myself by punishing myself by doing the wrong type of training hopefully that'll work and then I'll feel even more shame when I get to the end of six weeks or don't manage to go through the whole six weeks because it's basically destroyed me and and feel the shame that I don't look like the model person that's doing the program you know I don't look perfect I'm not you know I as this ridiculous ideals that I have of that I should look in my bikini Um, yeah and so continues the spiral yeah absolutely and I think um something you just said there actually leads to another point which is that this is such a distinct period in in women's lives in terms of the the demands that are sort of being placed upon them the sleep deprivation the amount of Mm. stress that their bodies are under that the activities that I am getting them to do or they are doing in the gym should be kind of supporting their bodies which are under stress not leaving them kind of so massively depleted Mm. that they can't kind of properly function you know I went through a period so after Seb when I was in that mainstream gym I think before we gate actually (laughs) um, but every time I did high intensity interval training so I would kind of go to group classes and I would really and I'd sometimes do them back to back so I'd do um, a hit class followed by a TRX class, for example. So I'd oh, wow. work really hard for, and they weren't long classes. I'd work really hard for maybe 40 minutes or yeah. just over 40 minutes, but with little rest time. And I went through this period of just kind of being constantly ill, yeah. you know, yeah. and I don't have the evidence to kind of support it but just looking at it from a very common sense point of view my body was under a lot of stress because I was still having broken nights yeah and then I was going to the gym and putting my body under a lot more stress yeah (laughs) and I was getting ill like perpetually ill you know always coming down with everything that was going around and that wasn't a nice you know that wasn't a nice pattern to be in 
it didn't feel good yeah. and I wish I could kind of go back and give myself a bit of a talking to yeah. Yeah. and sort of say do you need to be working at these high intensities at this stage can you take it down a notch still get the benefit you know instead of doing shorter you could do longer but at a lower intensity yeah. and might that work better for you in this particular life phase mm, I think exactly. there's a lot of in there's this a particular lot life of, phase yes yeah and I think there's a lot of um go hard or go home in yeah, fitness yeah and that mentality you know I'd rather go home actually <laughs> and get to bed <laughs> have a nice early night and put some comfortable trousers on thank you yeah I completely agree and I had exactly the same um situation when I was doing CrossFit postnatally and I'd been doing it before so it wasn't an unusual um, thing for me to be doing but I uh, after about uh, I'd sort of gone relatively easy for, for a little bit, let's say maybe nine months or something. And then for about a year, I, I really ramped it up and I absolutely hit a wall. And there's that, that, <laughs> there's that quote, uh, uh, listen to the whispers so that you don't have to hear the shouts. I yes. ignored every whisper that my body gave me until it was literally screaming at me and pulled me down. You know, I got a shoulder injury. I had a weird, uh, like my back started hurting. I got a chest infection. I had tonsillitis four times in, oh, that was me. That's in about exactly six what I months. kept getting. Oh, something like Tonsillitis, you know, bacterial, yeah. and then I'd be anti- on antibiotics. Yes. And then, of course, you know, there's evidence there's about that. how they can wreak yes. havoc. So then you're even more depleted. And then yeah. I was going back. I'm like, okay, I'm better now. I'll go back to the hit. I mean, I'm just frustrated yeah. even thinking about yes. myself. Yeah. Just like not learning my lesson. Yeah, exactly. And it took somebody, me to go to somebody for a musculoskeletal issue because obviously I was broken and I needed needed fixing to fix me there's something wrong with me and then I can get back to doing all of my high intensity stuff and he just put his hand on me and he was like you are working at about five percent of your capacity at the moment you cannot cope with life as it is right now you need to stop and I was like no like how could you and I burst into tears and I was all like you know I was shamed and outraged and embarrassed that somebody was needing to tell me that and thinking no way you know there's nothing wrong with me I'm not broken and it's like I I walked away from that and it took me a good while before I just went I can't I can't cannot do this any longer I need to stop and I had a year of nothing absolutely nothing yeah but like you say I'm so frustrated to even talking about it I mentioned you know thinking about it now because it makes me go if I had been able to, if I could talk to myself at that point when I started ramping up and say, is this serving you right now? Like, how are you, what is your body, how is your body responding to this? What, yes. What, what's going on for you? Because obviously I had, you know, at that point I had two. One of them, my son didn't sleep for more than 10 minutes at a time during the day. He slept a bit longer yeah. at night, but then my toddler, my daughter was up at, six and didn't go to bed very easily so her bedtimes took forever and my son didn't feed very well it was a battle to feed breastfeed him you know and you just think yeah whoa lady like that is enough let alone then going and killing yourself and trying to compete with 27 year olds who have none of those things going on but you just don't I think you You just you do lose the perspective don't you so in a way that's where as a as a fitness professional I can maybe guide someone Mm, exactly to, to think about their choices it's up to them but you know you can have that those conversations you can ask questions can't you yeah you can kind of try to to let them know that it's not just okay to rest but it's crucial to rest Mm -hmm. you know give the give the balanced messaging Mm. because a lot of time you know we we hear about people who are demotivated and have lots of barriers to fitness but on the other end of the spectrum we have people who want to train hard and and kind of feel guilty if they're not doing that every single day you know so it's about sort of being able to to sort of speak and help 
each end of the spectrum yeah. really yeah um but yeah it's I always think of it and what I'm trying to think of it how I'm trying to think of it now as I'm sort of soon going to be going into it for the third time I used to do um 10ks and half marathons and I would always work hard on pacing myself you know I wouldn't just go off the finish line and sprint hard yeah I would maybe go for a sprint finish if I had a bit of energy left in the tank but that's how I am kind of going into this third postnatal phase as if this is a friggin long run and I need to pace myself yeah so even if in those first two weeks when I'm going to be lucky enough to have my husband at home I'm actually feeling fine and I don't feel tired and whatever I'm going to rest like because that's part of my pacing myself strategy. I don't need to be doing all the things, you know, he'll be able to take care of the cooking and the schoolwork and all those things. And I am going to focus on resting because, you know, when those two weeks are up, I'm not going to have so much opportunity in terms of my return to fitness. Similarly, I need to pace myself. I need to you know, go slow and allow enough time after each session to see how I'm really feeling because it's not just the symptoms we feel during the Mm. session. It's the latent ones Mm. as well, you know, checking in with yourself for 24 hours after a session and sort of saying, actually, am I feeling good or is something not feeling so good? And then tweaking things accordingly rather than as you have kind of so Uh, sort of articulately explained ignoring those little whispers those whispers are helpful and we need to listen to them yes yeah exactly Um, I'm sure you maybe have the same thing that various clients come in and they go well after I gave birth I had I had some uh, I'd had some pubic symphysis dysfunction then I had a little bit of SI joint pain and then I had this knee thing or then I sprained my ankle a couple of times but you know they're not connected I mean it, it just happened to sprain my ankle or oh and I get this neck pain all the time but that's just from carrying the baby that's nothing else to do with it and um oh and then this that and you're like you know these things are all just little things that add on to that balance that weighing scale tipping you from one side to the other and and we're so ready to dismiss them yeah because that's what suits us and as Brianna says you know we're not protected in motherhood you know we kind of feel there's no time for me to to slow down actually because you know, everyone's depending on me, but mm. you, yours is a case in point. You went at it hard and then took pretty much a year doing nothing. Mm. Like actually it's about striving for that moderate, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> that kind of, that wholesale moderate so that you don't kind of hit it so hard that you then have to have months yes. off trying to get either your motivation or your energy back. Mm. You know, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be like that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I think those are all so useful things for women to be able to, who are listening to be able to think about and, and understand and take that approach with them. Um, so thank you very much for sharing all of those. Um, so, so just the last couple of questions, Elizabeth, who or what inspires you in your life and your work, things that you've read or... Uh, books that you've read or or people that you work with or um, things like that yeah okay so um, two books that I think are worthy of mention that I had read but have have now reread again as I kind of prepare to have another baby so the first one is the um, the first 40 days I Mm. think by Heng U it's a beautiful book that focuses on the first 40 days after you have a baby and the traditional um, approach that many cultures have to sort of mothering the mother in that period. And it looks at all sorts of aspects. It looks at kind of diet. It looks at a sort of body image. It looks at relationships. It looks at sort of um, how we can get used to um, asking for help. Lots of different things to sort of get you in in a different mindset before you have your baby. It's a beautiful book mm. and I recommend it to anybody who is either pregnant or um, 
has sort of recently given birth it's it's great it's lovely yeah I've and the other one that. that's a good one thank oh, you it's really good you'd love it mm. and um probably your clients would love it as yeah. well so yeah. the first 40 days the other one that I've been reading through again is um the postnatal depletion core um, cure, cure. cure. Yes. yeah <laughs> by um Dr Oscar is it Saralak? Saralak. Yeah. yeah yeah um and that is really interesting Mm. and sort of a lot of the types of things we have spoken about crop up Mm. in the context of postnatal depletion Mm. which is not something that has been like many areas of women's health it's not something that has been researched and he is very open about this but he um, talks throughout his book about sort of his work with mums and his findings and how he has helped those women and it's you know even if you just kind of take away three things from that book it's it's worth it absolutely um so those books are sort of on my bedside table currently and I'm really enjoying them in terms of the life phase I am at and sort of the value that they can add to clients Mm. um So who inspires me professionally? You know, I've spoken quite a bit about um, Brianna Battles and she's very much up there. You know, she is doing so much to change the dialogue around um, what exercise looks like in pregnancy and beyond and about recognising that, you know, post postpartum they say in America don't they postnatal is forever and just sort of a lot around mindset adjustment particularly for those with an athlete brain Mm. who perhaps feel like they're lazy if they're not going hard Mm. um she is is fantastic and definitely worth following on social media Mm -hmm, for those who mm -hmm. aren't already and then Anthony Lowe the physio detective you know I'm obviously very fickle because I'm just talking about people who I have recently sort of had the the um, joy of either (laughs) meeting in real life or sort of connecting with remotely but again he is you know if you speak to him he sort of says he has um he was regarded as very sort of, I don't know if he would use the word cavalier, but he was regarded as quite sort of out there with his approach when he first started talking about it. But now it's as if people have sort of uh, caught up a little bit and it's mm. no longer as as sort of um, controversial, shocking, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, he is, he is doing so much to sort of um, educate people like me, fit pros, but also women's health physios on how we can better support women to get to where they want to be. And that, you know, is just draws huge admiration from me because, you know, that is true empowerment. It's not about me getting a woman where I want them to be. It's about truly listening to what they want and then finding a way to achieve that. You know, that is, that is different and it's vital. Yes, yes, exactly. Truly listening. And that's really what we should all do with every other human being anyway, is allow them to be heard there their wants and their needs and as a somebody in in a service profession yeah so, surely that's a, and that's everything that we do is, is it should be at the you know giving person the person the best offering that we have that's specifically for them not what we think is best for them yeah exactly absolutely mm. and help them to be autonomous you know mm. I want to get my clients to a point where they're happy to go off and do mm. their own thing because mm. they know what they're doing mm. that's where I want to be I don't want them kind of dependent sticking with me for life yeah you know you don't need me anymore go and yeah. do your own go and do your own thing you can do mm. this yeah Yes, exactly. Um, and what do you want to inspire in others? Although I, I feel like we've maybe covered that quite a lot, but <laughs> yeah. you can definitely hear what yeah. you're passionate about. But what, like, if you wanted to bottle it in one mission statement, what do you want to inspire in others? Okay, so I think um, just helping women to recognise that um, during pregnancy and postnatally, 
we're not sort of fragile, but we're not invincible either. And that um, we need to approach those chapters in our lives with a different mindset. And that doesn't make us lazy. It doesn't make us failures. It makes us really actually very smart to recognize that and to adapt. Um, and that it's a, you know, it's a long game. It's a long game. Mm. And we need to, we need to um, be prepared for it as a long game. It's not about quick wins Mm -hmm. it's about um sort of the next 12 months 24 months 36 months 48 months because each year brings new challenges with it 20 years exactly exactly yeah but also just um chipping away at the taboo you know because I have been there and I know it's mortifying but actually there is so much help available that you don't have to put up with dysfunction or laugh it off or just assume this is now part of motherhood because there is so much that can be done to get you into a position where you can do all the things you enjoy and I'm much much stronger now than I was then um and everybody can sort of have some hope that there is something that can be done to help them um please don't just disregard symptoms and and carry on yeah yes exactly um I think that's that's a really good underlying message it's really just to say don't disregard it get the help where you know uh where you need it and you can do more you are strong but you need to build the right foundations I think that's uh absolutely and then from there um well thank you very much Elizabeth you've um, taken up a a lot of your time and it's been so valuable all all of the all of the things like your life experience I think is applicable to a lot of people as well as what you've learned and the way that you want to coach is um it's so interesting to hear um what you're talking about and the way that you want to communicate it um so thank you very much thank you so much for having me thanks a lot it's been fun yes thank you So that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Do remember to check out the show notes and rate and review the episode. Hop on over to Instagram as well at love underscore movement underscore Sussex to let me know what you think and any comments or feedback you have. I always love to hear from you. Join us next time to hear from a new brilliant guest.